Good morning and welcome to Local Matters. This is Ben Rogers. I am here in studio with newly elected to the Cookville City Council and Vice Mayor Luke Eldridge. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being here. I appreciate the invite. First time guest on the show. I'm excited. I, I preempted this last week when I had uh, the newly uh, elected mayor, Lauren Wheaton, on last week. And I told him I was going to have you on. And I'm glad you're here this, this morning and excited to see what's coming for you. And of course, we know each other through other capacities and glad to get to know you because i'm not sure well i would have met you at some point in time during this process but we are on the housing authority but well highlands residential services board which is known as the housing authority we're on it together yes you've actually been on there longer than i have i have how long you been on there do you remember that's what i was i I, knew you would ask so i I don't i think i've been on four years you've been four so i'm at least at five six five or six yeah Yeah. and you do a great job and and learn a lot from everybody on there including you so let's just get right to it because i do want to get in your background i want our listeners to know who you are and i know you through the city and all the forums they had y'all you got to know people but you know my my range goes into upper cumberland people listen all across upper cumberland so uh want them to get to know you but what made you decide to run for city council well i've worked with certain entities within the community for 10 plus years i've worked at plateau mental health but i started out in crossville working at cumberland mountain mental health and dealing with homeless mental health did that for a few seasons and then got a job back and i've always lived here in cookville um pretty much so got a job back um here at plateau mental health which is that's volunteer behavioral health so we're it's all in the upper cumberland the main office is out chattanooga so Worked with homeless, worked with mental health, substance abuse, and, of course, at the rescue mission for a season, and then Upper Cumberland Family Justice Center, where I then would work in Overton County for a little bit. Um, I went to high school in Overton County, ironically, just, and we can get into that later. But, sure. Um, the city is always, well, Mayor Shelton, when he ran, when he was mayor, it was eight years ago, um, I went to him, and at the time, my cousin, Mike Davidson, he was city manager. So I went to him, I went to both of them and said, man, you got a homeless issue here. Uh, you know, at first it was uh, – Mayor Shelton didn't know me from Adam at the time. And so it was, eh, nah, I don't know if it really – it's not that big of an issue. I, I'm seeing it. I see it because I'm in the groundwork. So I gave him my number, told him, you know, if you need anything, holler at me. Three months later he calls me and says, hey, I've been getting more phone calls about this. And so we we started working on some things. So – Worked with Mayor Shelton for a while, worked with city councils, my cousin, um, and then James Millstake started kind of working. I've always worked with the city, and they've asked me questions. They've always come to me when it comes to either something with homelessness, substance abuse. I was the person they talked to, so I thought, well, why not take my my expertise to the next level? And I've worked with, the, worked with all the churches. I've worked with a lot of people, so people knew me. They knew my heart, but they also knew that, yes, I, we, we want to help people, but they also knew that— there, there's checks and balances with that, and I'm not just about giving everybody everything because that doesn't fix anything, right? Poverty's hard to fix, but we can't do it that way. So they knew I had a balanced approach to this, and um, so with all that, I decided to run to bring that to the level to the city council because I have a knowledge that some of them don't, and that's what makes our city council this go-around and last go-around, but for I'm on this one, so – that what makes us so unique is we all have really good strengths. Each of us do, and they always have. But I'm excited with this group because we all bring a strength. We all bring in an area of life that we can put together and really move Cookville forward in a really good way. I love that answer. <clears throat> I love it, and this is why. 
Of course, my local matters uh, show is all about public service and the community and what's going on in the community and and me having public servants on here. And you've been actually a public servant long before yeah. you just got elected. Yeah, you know, two three weeks ago, whatever it is now, seems like forever ago. But um, you've been long long, and I've said this before. You don't have to be an elected uh, office or you don't have to be a politician no. to be a public servant. No, no, I, I, no, yeah. I don't. Politics is it's dirty, right? We know that, but it's a it's a servant it's you that's that's what you do you serve the community and i've exhausted i've done that you know i'm a youth leader in our church i'm a deacon in our church i've been involved in an array of servanthood areas the entire that's that's what i love to do that's what i thrive on is serving others and trying to figure out those hard problems and the steps to do that now unfortunately we can't we're not going to say we're not going to help everything because we just it, you just can't because we're dealing with people, and that's hard. Sure, it's easier to build a house than it is dealing with people. So, people's different because it changes, and everybody has a unique story. But you know, so bringing that service and bringing those ideas and my understanding and knowledge of everything I've ever done with substance abuse, mental health, and homelessness—all those are symptoms. We got to get to the core of the issue, and that's what we need to focus on. And that's going to take some checks and balances and. I'm sure there'll be some booze. I'm sure there'll be some, why'd you do it that way? But I understand in the long run what we need to do. I'm sure you've heard every response to all that. And I, and we may end up talking about that some, but I love the fact that you recognize you have a, an ability, you have a gift, a God given gift. Yeah. Uh, and you decided to take that to the next level because, you know, sometimes people run for office and I'm not saying they don't have anything to bring to the table, but they don't know what they have to bring right. to the table. And they, right. they run because they want to give back, but they're not real certain where they fit in. It takes them a while. You know yeah. exactly up front what one thing you can do, and there's a, a, a hundred other things that I know you're going to be able to do and help with. But I love the fact that you harness that expertise, that energy, and said, you know what, I want to take it to the greater good yeah. and start at the city, uh, city council level with Cookville. So love that part of it. I love when public service take their talents and use them for good yeah you know all on the talent i, I of course uh, not discrediting god good good lord's give me everything i have but the big talent i got is talking <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. sometimes that's not good but you know that's the talent he gave me to communicate i i'm, I, I'm a decent communicator i, I sure. thrive on that and that's you know one of the reasons i've been doing i'm doing what i'm doing but i love the fact so you have a mission of course you have more missions on the council yeah. i know that but you're bringing expertise when you when you start this process, Luke, and you're um, wanting to to try to get the other council members to work together and maybe come up with a um, a, a plan or maybe a separate committee, whatever you however you want to do it, how do you think the public initially is going to respond? You just said you're going to get some booze and whatever. What's historically been your response? Over is it overwhelmingly good? Overwhelmingly bad? Is it in the middle? Uh, well, it's in the middle. It depends on who who's bringing the issue at hand because you hear you think about if you looked at all the forums everything we've done and over the last few years it's homelessness is an issue housing's an issue well those are the two things that i work in and always have and um you know substance abuse and all that too but the biggest core has always been homeless and all that so there i got you get some booze i was you know a lot of people know and um when i was with mayor uh sorry with uh sheriff ferris and um our senator paul bailey in nashville when they just passed the new state law on the homeless and what it consists of um and i'm i'm for that law coming down and all it does that law gives local governments the ability to now do what they need to with the homelessness you know they want to do a felony they're not going we're not going to do felonies on somebody like that right because 
sitting on a park bench is right. not a felony. Right. But the, it allows us to give a now a checks and balance because some of the individuals never have. Sure. You've got people in the camp, encampments who are, who are running from the law. They have warrants. So Sheriff Ferris and the team and, even, you know, I work with Sheriff Ferris and the team and also work with city police. And we that we you have like the city police, they call us when we need stuff. And, and then I go out with Sheriff Ferris when hey, we go out and say, hey, here's a resource for you. It's I think Duo Bus has been out there. There's been multiple agencies out there because Sheriff Ferris is like, we want to give you help, but you cannot live here because the landlord does not want it's somebody right. else's land. So there's a good checks and balance. And we have we have pedophiles that aren't registered that are living in some of these encampments. Um, you know, you have people, unfortunately, substance abuse is hurting a lot of people. And some people get into that and then they continue in that life cycle due to the fact they do not. It's it's if they try to come off, they get sick and they don't want to be sick. So we got to understand that, too. Some people do drugs to do drugs, but others are just in that. They're in that side. They're stuck. They're. They're in that downward spiral. And so if we can get some checks and balances in place, because there's some law and there's some legal things and there's some policies and procedures that we could put in place to help weed out, in a sense, if you will, those who are just doing this as a a way of living. Um, And they can't do it on somebody else's land. Now, if we got some a landowner out there that says, you know what? I'd love to help them. Please reach out to us because that's what we're looking for in one aspect because we need that there for sure. We got a mission. We got a great mission. They ha- they do fantastic work, but they can't hold everybody. And there's some people that don't want to go there for some reason. And sometimes it's, they don't want to follow the rules. Right. But then there's others who can't go there because of some other, uh, you know, other factors in, in their life. Um, and the mission has to protect who's there. And But they do a fantastic job. And they offer a service. Uh, that is totally needed in the community. Then we got a Genesis house. So we, we've got things in place, but we got to make sure it doesn't get out of hand in our community. And I think we got some ideas. I think I know I have some ideas that are coming down and I'm sure I'll get some booze, but our job, you know, you said you're a County commissioner, so you understand you're like an umpire and you're going to get booed, yeah. but it's up to you to make the call. I've boot, been booed a lot. Like. I've, and, you know, I've been booed on some things, but I've also, some of the people that booed, booed me, I've said, well, why don't you open your house to them? Sure. Yeah. And But they don't they don't want to do that. So, right. And we've always had that not in my backyard kind of mindset. Well, we've got to do something yep. because the community, the city, the business owners, this affects everything. It does. A homeless person will cost a, a city, on average, a homeless person, one, can cost a city taxpayers $15,000 one well if we've got 50 that are unsheltered you can do the math you can kind of mm-hmm. see because that includes our police department that includes our EMS that includes our hospital that includes everything a landowner having to take care of the damages it includes you think about the business owner you know we got business owners that have had damage or feces um, Oh yeah, in Cookville. Yeah, so we got to look at doing something because we got to protect them, but we also got to help those individuals that are struggling because there are a lot that are struggling. They've ran into. I mean, I help people that are in, in motels in their cars. We got one. I'm helping one guy. He finally got his jo- a good job, but unfortunately, he's got some things in his past that's going to hinder him from housing. But we got to figure these things out. So should he be in? Should he get in trouble for having to live in a tent because of certain situations? Um, Because he can't go to the rescue mission due to some things. So 
we got to think of something. So we got sure. some ideas, and we're working on that. And so. you've got a team in place. Yeah, and, got and, some and the team's going to continue to grow. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> we got so much to talk about, Luke. And I'm glad we talked about that because I know that's a passion of yours, and housing's a passion. Talk a little bit about that. When we come back. We're here on Local Matters. I'm with Luke Eldridge. He's just been elected to this Cookville City Council, uh, and will be vice mayor for the next four years. And we'll have him back just a moment after this break. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. Ben Rogers in studio with Luke Eldridge. He's just elected to the city of Cookville Council, and he is going to be the vice mayor, is the vice mayor as of last night. The 18th was their first council meeting. So, Luke, again, congratulations on that. Thank you for being here with me. We've covered your one of your passions and why you ran, It's and it's a lot of things which are relative to the homeless population. What Do you have an idea what our homeless population is, roughly? Yeah, so I was actually talking with one of the police officers the other day. He was asking me, who it it all breaks down to how you want to look at it. So if you look at it unsheltered, there's um, I, I follow a certain group that goes out and feeds them, um, and they do a great job at feeding them because they need food, and I'm all for that. And they feed about 50 or so unsheltered, so that's unsheltered. And then I get <laughs> I get 15 phone calls a day at least um, for people who are either homeless or at risk of being homeless but then we got the school system will say there's 300 or plus more that are homeless mm-hmm. and they look at a different thing and then the mission always is normally full and they have people and you know i, I can't recall how many they can actually hold um but i'm gonna say it, it's well over you know i'm sure there's 30 to 40 individuals that are there right. at any given time so they'll tell you nationally you need to look at it and times it by three so whatever you got i'm going to say if we had to pick a number we're going to be probably 150 we would say that are officially homeless and that's coming from school system who's at the motels you got people living in who've been living in these motels for years well to me there's i understand they have a roof over their head but you paying 1600 dollars for a motel a month right, right. You're, you're in you're in a cycle and if you lose your job I mean you're not paying that so right. and I get that a lot I just had an individual come to me he's had a big issue so uh he's got to pay his he needs to pay his uh motel this upcoming week and um he doesn't have it but he can have it when his check comes in it's just he fell into a hard spot but we're also not just paying we're not going to pay for that we're also oh I've got an individual going to help me with that because we can't pay the motels where I work but We've set him up with some housing options, and hopefully we get him out of that scenario. Sure. So let me ask you this. Um, of course, this is how my show goes sometimes. We get talking about a topic, and yeah. I just love asking questions. But I I have a passion for um, 
I did a project with some coworkers on recidivism and and, mm-hmm. and keeping uh, people from going back to jail when inmates are released, finding w- ways to make sure they stay out of jail. So really, it starts with while they're incarcerated, yeah. and, and there's programming that that can be done. You got to do assessments to see what kind of kind of and and you can't re, and I hate to use this word, but they use reprogramming a lot. But you can't reprogram every inmate. Some inmates yeah. are just not going to not going to change. Maybe they're the ones that's com- committed crimes against a person or whatever. But I, I'm a big believer in recidivism, uh, trying to reduce that. How much of the population, homeless population, are those that are being released from jail that don't have anywhere to go, and they're they're then they become homeless? Oh, so if you look at it that way, I'm, I'm the number probably. It, I see a couple. I see a few on a regular basis that come out and say, "Hey, I just got released from jail." Uh, some we get released from prison, and they're here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I'd say in the last month we've probably had I've had five or six like that. Yeah, that's just me. Okay, but we have other entities within that work with community corrections. Um, we've got a program, uh, the community corrections program with Michael Miller. He does he helps individuals at UCHRA get back if you're needing to get a job and all that. He works on the job side. Then we have two um, peer recovery coordinators that work with individuals, so they probably see a lot more than I do on that. Um, but I. The number would be, I mean, I'm sure, I won't say half, but we'll say a quarter. Quarter, yeah. Um, but then you got those that are continually being arrested because of issues that they have, and mm-hmm. the issues aren't being dealt with. Um, and I'm hoping we, I think we can get into the jails, and st- you, you got to get in there, and you got to work with them before they get out. Sure. But some people got a record, you know, they're not. Even if you get in there, even if we, we could get in there and work with them prior to you're still going to have issues but at least we can get them set up to go somewhere um and i think we're, we've been working on an mou with uh sheriff ferris on that uh, trying to do some stuff because we're, we're trying to build this so we we've been working on that and it just hasn't come to fruition just yet but that's no nobody's fault but just we got to dot some eyes and cross some t's yeah and i, I know the sheriff is um working on some oh, yeah. programming and and with the new addition i think it's going to allow him to maybe yeah. have more training inside the jail for inmates and actually one one part i like about the project uh, my coworkers and i did we found some counties that have the programming inside the jail and also have work release where they can go out and work somewhere yep uh for a business or an industry or something and make some money they can take that money they earn and put it on their fines and fees that they owe back to the county and then when they get out, you know, if they get pulled over for speeding, you know, instead of t- being taken back to jail because they owe fines and fees, yep. their fines and fees are paid off. So maybe they just get a speeding ticket and they can continue to stay out of jail. A lot of the people that are going back to jail is because they haven't paid their fines and fees. They're yeah. doing something to get arrested. So I, I know there's there's uh, plans in place, and I'm, I'm happy about that. But I know that's part of your population. You talked about. Where you work? Where do you work at? UCHRA. And what's your position there? So I'm the housing manager right now um, through Substance Abuse Solutions Grant. Um, so what I I'm the housing part. Then we have Michael Miller, who we all came in under this grant, and now you know how grants work. Mm-hmm. So we're shifting a little bit, but the model's still the same. The idea is still the same. So Michael takes care of the job part, and the and he takes care of the jobs and trying to get people into good paying jobs because man, you can't afford fifteen dollars an hour. It's hard to even get a one bedroom on fifteen now, right? Because everybody's raising the rents for. Did they have to or did they not? You know, right. that's a total different story. But anyway, but then we have a guy, uh, Ryan Henry, who used to, um, he uh, used to work at the rescue mission, and he come with he come over after he had, he left there. But he does the transportation side, the rec- like ride to recovery and trying to get people 
the rides to get back and forth to work. And then I'm the housing side. So we're kind of like that triangle effect. And then we have some peer recovery coordinators out of uh, James Gribble. Um, and then um, the next one is Jennifer Stoker. And so they help with the men and women that go through the community corrections and trying to help them as well. So we all work at UCHRA. We try to we put all this together to try to work with them and get, either get them into treatment. If they need treatment, I had a guy come in um, today. And uh, that guy came in. And, well, actually, he came in. No, he didn't. He came in earlier this week. And what it was was he wanted housing. And we started talking more. And he, I said, well, what do you really need? And he's like, I need treatment. So I got him hooked up with James. And then James is working with him, getting him in treatment because housing will not fix the issue. He's homeless, but housing won't fix his right. problem. Right. There's no reason to work because he's going to keep falling into the cycle. So. Let's get you treatment. Then, I'll, man, I'll help you with any housing once you get close to doing that. So, that I think that's incredible. Y'all have a system set up to work all areas. It's like you said, homelessness is a problem, but it's not all about because you don't have somewhere to right. go. We may give you somewhere to go, but you may not be able to You're stay. You mess there. it up. So we try to. What we do is say, look, yeah, you need that, but or you want that, but it's not what you need. You want housing, sure. You're homeless, but that's not what you need right now because you're going to mess it up again. So we will say, look, we can't help you there right now. You need this. And it's up to them if they want it because it's no use working on a housing issue if they have a substance issue. Right. we got to focus on that first, and that's what we really try to do. Um, and then people get mad, and they don't want it because they, they, wanna, they don't want to do that. But this guy seemed really, really interested in wanting to do that. So we're hoping that he'll continue in it. Well, I yeah, I hope that um – the good things it sounds like good things are going uchra is a blessing to this community and and that part of uchra is a blessing and i'm glad he's you know mark's got the team yeah. of you guys and girls uh, ladies and, and, and gentlemen i should say working on this because it is a problem um we are i promise folks this has been great information for me i love it i love talking to luke about stuff and and maybe somebody listening needs um to talk to you or maybe somebody listening wants to help so that's one of the reasons i do this is to to get the word out but when we come back i do want to get into to luke's background so y'all can get a little bit know a little bit more about why he decided to serve and why he's been in public service for a while now and what made his passion what sparked his passion we'll be back here after this break here on local matters with luke eldridge newly elected to the Cookville city council Welcome back to Local Matters. Ben Rogers in studio with Luke Eldridge. He's been elected to the city council, starting his first term, just started technically last night. He's the vice mayor, and congratulations again on that, Luke. He worked hard. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about the campaign before we leave, but I want to get, okay. I want people to understand who you are. Um, and obviously, your passion to serve is huge. We've been talking about that. Sure. What At what point in time, you're young, and you're younger than I am, but at what point in time, in your life, did, did, did God or, or, or your parents or a combination look at you sure. and say you're destined to be a public servant? I don't know. I think it was. I think that is a calling you know, to be a public servant, and we all should serve. But I don't know. There's a grace to do this sometimes because um, there's people who can't deal with this kind of stuff because either they get anxious or they get frustrated or whatever. And, of course, there's those days we all have those. But there's a grace. When I was younger growing up, um, my f- – my parents were foster parents. I'm an only child. Well, I have a stepbrother, but with my mom and dad, my mom, for some reason, she had some miscarriages and she couldn't have children other than me. <laughs> I was the only one that survived is what we kind of say. And, um, she's fantastic. She's had three or four, but she, um, her faith was amazing in that because she realized, all right, well then God wants me to do something to help others. 
So I get that from my mom. I get the hard work from my dad. My dad's a hard worker. He would come home. He would then go do something else. So I get that. You never quit. Mm-hmm. You just keep working. You just keep going. You keep doing. And he he put the, he pulled us kids in to help him obviously as well. So we always got to spend time like that. But my mom had that servanthood about her. And um, so growing up, we we had foster kids. I mean we we had foster kids ever since I, I was probably five. I'm 37. We we didn't stop having foster kids. My mom and dad still were in foster even after they got their divorce when um, my senior year. They still did a little bit after that. And so that was 18. So from for 13 plus years, it's foster kids. But in school, uh, the kids who seemed to be less, I don't want to say less fortunate, but those who seemed to struggle a little bit were just drawn to me for some reason. Don't know why, but I would always, you know, I, I would always take them under my wing and, and uh, try to help them any way I could. I did that all the way through my high school years when I was in high school. Um, I skipped school one day and come down to Cookville because I went to Livingston. And I helped out with special ed a lot, special education. So I come to Cookville because Cookville had a peer buddy program. And I really liked it because I'd go to the Special Olympics and I'd see everything. And I'm like, man, we need more kids to do this. Mm-hmm. So I skipped school and went and got their program, got their material, took it back to my school, to Livingston Academy, and showed at the time as Gary Ledbetter was president. And I showed Gary. I said, we need this. So over the summer, he took it to the board and they made it a class. Um, unfortunately, I, I think I, I was told a couple of years back, it kind of whittled out cause nobody wanted to, I don't know if nobody wanted to do it or they just decided not to do it. Um, but we did that and it was a credited class for kids. So I did that and I went to actually went to college under, I was going to special education. Well, there's something, I don't know, psychology just, it was, came natural just because it's people and people always interested. I'm one of those that I'll sit and observe. I'm like, if I'm somewhere, I don't have my I've got to have my I've got to be able to see everybody. And that's just because I like to watch and observe and kind of do and figure out things. So as we're sitting here, you know, I'm figuring you out. So I'll bill you later. Good luck. I'll bill bill you later. Um, So but did that and I turned in. I I went to psychology and went that route. Got a psychology degree and then circles all back around. You can kind of see that's the direction I needed to go. Um, That's the direction God led me. So I've just served all my I've just. I don't know. I've just always wanted to help people. I was blessed. You know, my mom and dad were good and they were great. I was blessed. And, uh, I want to try to give people that hope obviously that we have in Christ. Right. And, um, I know you can't make any, it's hard to make changes without him in your center for sure. 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 Um, but sometimes what we have to do is we have to deal with the issue before we can even get them to Christ because they're not going to look at that. So the whole time I just try to show them hope, try to encourage them, try to be the best I can, with everybody I try to help. And then, you know, some people, some, sometimes it's tough love say, look, there's nothing else I can do for you. And then you got to let them hit rock bottom and then they come back. So I don't know. It's just, it's always been in me. So you mentioned earlier, you're a youth pastor and Mm -hmm. a deacon. What church do you attend? Engrafted word church. That's that's by my office. Yeah. 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 Um, good people there. And, um, so, and we've talked about some stuff, but it's good people there. And you, you, have you always been, have you been there a long time? I've been there. Um, I've been there. Let's see. Me and my wife have been married 13 years. I've been there 15. Okay. Okay. So. Good deal. Um, and so that's obviously a passion to serve in the church mm-hmm. for you. And so, and, and of course, we talked about the homeless thing, homelessness and the homeless problem we have here. You're serving on that. Now that you're on the council, yeah. um, 
is there other things that you've thought of that you really want to focus on or is there just you know is there one or two that you want to focus on other than you know we the sure. part or are there a bunch of things you just want to see what happens uh, well i one thing that really strikes me of course i've worked with the police department a lot um is that we have the same amount of police officers we've had since the 80s the city's grown mm-hmm. the pay's not there and we they just gave them a raise and they were thankful for that but we don't have enough police officers. I mean, I've, I've been uh, with them before and I've asked them how many is on duty this morning. Uh, we have, you know, we have six, six on patrol and it's broke out into sixes, you know, the quadrant. We right. break the city out into six. Um, one time there was five, um, but the pay is not there. It's not where it should be. Um, so we got to look at that. You know, I'd love to look at some other, there's some other things with the police department and the fire department. Because cities, it, we just keep expanding. We sure. keep coming into your territory, the county. Yeah. We keep taking, you know, we keep doing that. And so we got to look at something. Uh, we, you know, they say crime rate is down. Crime rate is down. Um, but we, our issues are getting harder. Mm. Uh, where, you know, the homeless population seems to sway. It looks like it's went down a little bit. You know, you don't see as many on the corners anymore. But um, don't know if that's because, couldn't tell you why. Um, but I still see, I, I still see a police report. I still see things coming through. I still see things and I still see, we do still have some issues. Just our crime is down. We don't have a lot of murders. We don't have a lot of those crime. We just have a lot of things misdemeanor. You know, we have those low lining things that do still erode. And, and if we can't have the police department getting there where they need to be and how they need to be, you know, domestic violence is, you know, that happens a lot. Uh, cause I see that too. So we got to look at how we can help our police department more. And poverty is one of the biggest things. I think our poverty rate's 17, 18% in Putnam County. So, you know, we got to look at fixing that. And I think we, even with the UCHRA, we've got that new empower grant and that's going to help bring people, families that are on that verge, that cliff to help soar them over, get them over into that. So I'm excited about that to see where that's going to go, but that's also going to hopefully expand into the upper Cumberland so it's not just Cookville's, but we've got to, we're starting here and then we're going to expand out to the other regions sure. and try to blow this thing up to really battle that poverty right. issue. Yeah. So <clears throat> you mentioned you've been married 13 years and I'm guessing when you decided to run for city council, you went and asked for her blessing first. Yes, I did. <laughs> and how did that conversation go? <laughs> well, so I've been looking at this, um, We've been looking at this. I've been looking at running for probably seven years. Okay. Talked about it to some people, you know, Mayor Shelton, um, uh, Randy Porter. Um, talked to my pastor. You know, you, you got to run stuff by your pastor. Oh, absolutely. It's great to have a pastor yep. in your life. I mean, yep. I, I am outside of God and my wife, my wife, girlfriend at the time, she pulled me back into church in a sense. Uh, she was pretty and went to the church, but it was like God saying, man, you're an idiot. Let me get you back there because right. I got something for you to do. But you got to have a pastor mm-hmm. to rake you over the coals. And if you will, yeah. a lot of people don't like that. They get offended when somebody tells them where they're wrong. Feelings get hurt. Feelings get hurt. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's what a good shepherd's for. And so he has been the biggest impact in my life. So, you know, talking with him and figuring this out and talking with others, so I talked to my wife and at first she was like, I don't know, you're already, you're so already, busy. you're already doing a servant. Why this? And I said, honey, I think it's just the next step. So we were, we were in prayer one time and I'm like, you know, you don't fleece God, but I was like, God, I need it. I need some help here. And I was like, you've got to convince my wife's got to be at peace with this. Right. 
And uh, so afterwards, after a, this was prayer at church, she was up front. I was actually in the sound booth because I run sound at our church as well and cameras and I, I navigate all that. And so our pastor said, you know what, if you need hands laid on you, if you need some, if you just need some help, some peace and some direction, come up here. And I, we're far apart. Sure. And we go up there and then my pastor prays over us and says, you know, where Luke's going to be, where he sits in a sense at the table, he needs help. He needs wisdom. He needs guidance on what he's going to do in the future. Lord, what you have him to do, he needs help. So we, he prays over us and we walk away and I said, well, what do you think now? She knew exactly what I was talking about. She said, let's do it. And then after that point, it was just like everything just started lining up. Everything started lining up. So we know it's God. Um, I wouldn't do this if it what if God wasn't in it. I wouldn't do this because I know what can come down. I know the the booze right. and the people being mad. But I'm again. I'm here to we're here to help the community. Here to serve the community in the best way we can. Um, you know, I'd love to do another four years after this, but I'm looking long term for sure. this, and yeah. got to make some. We're gonna make some decisions, and I know there's gonna be people happy and mad. But if I can do something in these four years that sets the future. Great, and hopefully get reelected again to because it's going to take time on some of this stuff. But. Yeah, and yeah, you're not going to get everything that you want to accomplish no. within the term in four years. Um, Luke, it's been a pleasure having you on. It's um, of course, yeah, I think you and I talked last year. You told me maybe at a House Authority meeting, you said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to run," yeah. and I was just thrilled to death because I knew. We had a couple of people rolling off the council, and yeah. I knew we needed some good people. And of course, I don't live in the in City Cooper, but City Cooper was a big part of why Putnam County goes. Yeah. You know, you'll never you might hear a county commissioner out there say, "Well, Putnam County's the 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 driver here." And that, City Cooper is is the reason, part of the big reason we all move forward. Yeah. And um, I was just excited when you said that, and glad to have you, City Council. Glad to have you. I consider you a friend. Absolutely. Uh, we need to talk more. I want to have you back on. Okay. There's a lot we didn't get to, but that's fine. Uh, we got to talk about some good stuff and appreciate everything you're doing for the community. Um, appreciate the fact that you're in love with church. Yes. Love of God and, and serving God. Because we don't get to talk about that a lot with sometimes, but it just makes my heart happy, man. I appreciate that. Well, we probably I, I, need to talk about it more, and that might help this. <laughs> we, we might get actually some stuff done. We probably do. But thank you again for being here. Everybody, Luke Eldridge, uh, Cookville City Council Vice Mayor, as of last night, August 18th, was their first meeting, and he'll be here four years. Uh, look forward to great things for you. Remember, everybody, please, it's a lot easier to smile than it is to frown. If you frown at somebody, you're going to ruin their day. I want you to make their day. Smile at somebody. Give somebody a hug. Tell them they're, they're pretty, they're smart, and you love them. Uh, I promise you'll go a long way. We'll see you next week here on Local Matters.